0: Welcome to the IOD's Director's Briefing podcast. This podcast is produced by the IOD's Policy Unit and provides timely updates, insights and commentary on the key issues of the day impacting business leaders.
1: Well, hello everyone. Uh, My name is Roger Barker and I'm Director of Policy at the IOD. I'm delighted to welcome you to a new set of podcasts where we speak to political leaders who are active in the world of business policy and find out a bit more about their background, their objectives and their policy priorities. And for this first podcast, I'm delighted to welcome Kevin Hollenrake, MP, who, as well as being the Member of Parliament for Thirsk and Moulton since 2015, Is also a minister in the Department for Business and Trade. So, Kevin, a big welcome to you. Thank you. Kevin, what I'm sure will interest IOD members is the fact that prior to entering Parliament, you had an extremely successful business career, uh, co-founding the Hunters Estate Agency back in the early 90s and helping it to grow into one of the largest estate agencies in the UK. Um, I mean, just looking beyond this headline of, of your your obvious success as an entrepreneur and business leader, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and really what should IID members know about your career journey?
0: Yeah, well, thanks, Roger. Um, yes, so I'm an estate agent turned politician. So probably the only person who's entered Parliament and improved his social standing. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a dream come true for me, really, in that, Business was is my first love. Uh, it's been most of my life, um, but also as a young teenager, I wanted to get into politics at some point, and and managed to at a later stage in my business career when we just I was just about to float actually at the time in 2015. I was elected member of parliament for Thurston Malton, which is my, my home seat, uh, as you referred to. So um so yes um and then and the business did really well. We went through three recessions. It was tough, but um, now to have a role. As business minister, is, again fantastic. Um, I think the thing for me is, um, as a business, as a minister, you kind of you've got a portfolio you've got to deal with. Um, I, I think for me though, even as a backbencher, this was my kind of sweet spot. This is what I was doing all the time. Um, most of the things I talked about in Parliament were talking about the interests of SMEs, particularly in the economy and the contribution to it. I was co-chair of the all-party group on, all-party group on fair business banking. We've done a lot to try and make sure SMEs particularly had access to finance, debt finance, equity finance, uh, but also were treated well through the process when things went wrong. So to have the kind of background, both in terms of business and politics, now to get this, this kind of role, which encompasses pretty much all those things, is, is just amazing. So it's a really pleased to be a voice of business within government.
1: Yes, I I read a quote, which apparently you made to the Financial Times, which I found quite intriguing. You describe your own business career as, quote, like how Churchill described the Americans, always do the right thing, but only after you've tried all the alternatives. I I just wonder what you meant by that.
0: (laughs) Well, we we didn't try to do the wrong thing in terms of anything unethical. We just made loads of mistakes. And and I think that's the key, really. You, You keep tripping yourself up in business and th- other things trip you up. And the key is, can you get back up again and and carry on where you left off uh, and hopefully a bit wiser for the for the experience? And as I say, we, we went through three recessions. We started in one in 92. We got hit terribly by one in 2007 where we lost 70% of our turnover in a very short period of time. Went from 200 staff down to 65, which cost us half a million quid in redundancy payments so you know we made a lot of mistakes going into that it was that was kind of our point so we didn't make all kinds of wonderful choices we just made our fair share of mistakes but i think probably hopefully more more went our, our way than didn't go our way and and uh, you learn as you go through so it being in business is an iterative process you learn all the time don't worry too much about making mistakes just try and do it better next time And i suppose that's it and and um so that, yes, you learn from your mistakes. The other thing I think we learned going through that time as well is that you know other people probably know a lot more than you. Uh, good people, surround yourself with good people. That's a common, uh, commonly expressed view. But also, people at the sharp end it doesn't have to be your finance director. It can be the people who are machining the tools on the on the front, you know, on the on the on the uh, factory floor. Um, also, it can be people who've been through similar experiences. You know, we. Most of the things we learned, the good ideas we had, weren't actually our ideas at all. They were borrowed, stolen, whatever, from other people. You know, so and other people are very keen to share their experiences who've been through the same business journey. So, um, so that's probably some of the shortcuts we learned along that kind of rocky road. But I say we had tough times. We had some great times in business. We had no bad times. We loved it, and uh, I miss it to this day. You know, really, the, working as part of a team in business is few things as rewarding and exciting as doing that.
1: Yes so you became a minister um, in 2022 and um, you're still now a minister in the revamped department of of business and trade. Um, Can you tell me a bit about your current ministerial responsibilities?
0: Well my number one responsibility is to make it easier for businesses to do business every single day. And that's what we aim, aim to do. And it may not always seem like we are doing that, but there's lots and lots of work going on. Um, but the two most important things for business people are, they want a fair and level playing field to trade within domestically, internationally. And it's very important that we try and move more towards that. It's not always as fair as we'd like to, we'd like it to be. And the other thing is stability and consistency. Um, so, um, And that's, I know we haven't a lot of, had a lot of political stability over recent months, but we're getting we're back to a place where we have got more stability now and, and hopefully the economy is coming to that stable place. So, so that's really what we should be doing. Um, the way we do that, well, my particular role is at Minister for Enterprise Markets and Small Business. I think that's the most important component of the entire economy. We know that all the productivity issues we have in the UK are in the private sector and they're with SMEs, and there's the opportunity. So if we can get the conditions right for those SMEs and, and uh and how we, uh, how we make it easier to do business, but also to grow. There's three big buckets that we look at, which we've managed to um, focus on more than anything, is access to finance. It is business support, and it is removing barriers, making it easier. So access to finance, it can be loans, debt finance, it can be equity finance, EIS, SEIS, those kind of things. Uh, payment and cash flow review we're undertaking right now which around trying to make sure it's easier to um, to get paid which is a source of finance things like startup loans which are tremendous success a billion pounds of the startup loans that comes under my umbrella Um, really important part of the whole equation we're looking at other things like scale-up loans potentially um, to try and again make that journey because we are in the UK we're very good at startups so we're one in in the OECD for startups um, per capita we're 13th roughly in terms of scale-ups, businesses that are 10 employees or more within three years. So that's a key focus for us. Um, so if we can improve those three different areas, access to finance, business support, so growth hubs are our go-to place. Everybody has a growth hub around the country and their areas around the country. So mentoring, help to grow management, these kind of training um, pieces we've got that are available at um, very significant discounts. It's for business people who want to engage and learn and become better business people and remove those barriers. So making it easier. We know the barriers right now. It'd be, be, be inflation, of course, energy costs, um, uh, labour, access to labour, big thing, of course, uh, trying to make it easier for businesses to recruit despite the challenges people see in terms of access to labour. Making sure competi- reforming competition rules. We've got the digital markets consumer competition bill coming along, which should make it easier for businesses a fairer deal for businesses on things like the big pl- platforms in terms of making sure they're treated more fairly and have a better chance of, of competing with some of the big boys and um, and making sure sectors are well represented. We know, for example, hospitality sector has particular issues right now with some of their underlying costs and challenges and retail as well in terms of the reshaping the high street. So making sure really uh, uh, back to that key point, making sure all, everybody's treated fairly in across the piece and they particularly around SMEs to make sure they can start up and scale up.
1: Um, You have this of course tremendous um, SME background Um, but sometimes there is discussion about you know the relationship between government and business. I mean do you feel that your colleagues in government really understand the needs and issues facing um, the SME market in the UK at the moment?
0: Well, not always, clearly. And so, um, you know, we we always want to hear from people at the sharp end because they really know what's going on. And clearly, in politics, you're not at the sharp end every day. But, you know, what I would make the point is that I'm very proud to have a business background, as you say, and, and I keep in touch with businesses, and I still have some interest in businesses to this day. And I run my own business club, and we engage with businesses all the time through my ministerial role and also through, through my constituency. But, you know, I, I say... Well, where I think we are as a government, we are from business, and then we are f- therefore we are for business. So if you look at the prime minister, who is from a business background, um, look at the chancellor again, business background, inter- indeed entrepreneurial. Um, my f- former boss, Grant Shapps, um, um, was a, you know started business. Um, uh, Kemi, our current boss, had you know he worked in industry. All these we all have direct experience of working on the. You know, the sharp end of business. So I, so I do think we understand most of the issues and we do spend an awful lot of time engaging with yourself, Roger. You know, obviously you know, it's good to meet you. And I, and I met with uh, John Geldert, who I know very well anyway, very early on in terms of my uh, ministerial, uh, when I took over this ministerial brief. So, uh, so yeah, I really think we do have uh, the knowledge and insight and there's a hell of a big difference between reading something in a book and having actually walked the walk um, uh, or the talk or whatever else it is, um, you know, I think that is fundamentally different. And I, and I do think, as a consequence, you know, we're more likely to to be able to put ourselves in the shoes of business people. Not that we get everything right, and clearly we don't, and that's why we need you know the Your Good offices and other, other members of the key business groups to make sure we're, we're fully abreast of some of the concerns your members have and, and we address them.
1: Yes. And I mean, if you weren't a politician right now, if you weren't a minister and you were still um, a business leader, what would you say would be the key issues that would be facing you right now? What would you really be worried about? Well, the most
0: important thing is the economy. You know, that's the way you were – I know we spend a lot of time talking about costs, input costs, inflation, all that. Co- but really, the number one thing where you have is business is, have a, can I find some more customers? I'm a current customer spending as much. I'm a, I'm seeing declining footfall, all those things. Those are the things you really, really worry about. That's what really keeps you awake at night. You know, whatever your cost levels is, if you've got no income, then you're finished. So that's the most important thing. So our, for, if you look at the prime minister's priorities, you set five priorities. The first two priorities are growth, getting the economy growing again, and controlling inflation. Both of the most critical things for businesses right now. And so growth is the most important one. Some really good stuff coming out. You know, there's a good survey today. In terms of business confidence. There's the EY item club report saying they use the treasury models. And we don't think we're going to recession all this year, which a lot of people said we would be. Um, the UK has got a very good story on growth, whatever some people will tell you, the media particularly. Um, this is 2010 with the third fasting, fastest growing economy in the G7 um, I think last year and the year before, we were the fastest growing economies in the G7. So, um, you know, of course, there'll be timing differences in terms of growth. And that's, you know, some of those things are due to our policy choices. Some of the things are down to just uh, macroeconomic factors. Um, but um, but growth is the most important thing. That's a key priority for us. We won't go into recession this year as we receive wisdom and and I think whatever happens, we'll be growing more quickly by the end of the year, which is what our commitment was, Rishi's commitment was. Um, inflation, the other thing, of course, supply chain costs, of course. This started as a supply chain crisis in the, re- the reawakening of the economies around the world post-COVID. You know, there's container costs going from £1,000 a shop to 10000 And then the energy prices following uh, both that and Ukraine, the Ukraine invasion. Um, so those are things we've got to get under control. Again, we've got a commitment to halve inflation by the end of the year. There's a very good chance that will be the case. And will be a different. So, if you've got the economy growing, inflation under control, really big hump in the road, some companies have got around energy costs. And I get that completely, um, particularly people who signed contracts this time, probably back end of last year. So, I'd be worried if I'd done that. Definitely one of the big issue for me. What we're trying to make sure is the suppliers play fairly with people because clearly they entered into commitments at the time they they basically entered into the contract. So they've, they've got to be treated fairly too. But um, a lot of the suppliers will look at different things. Their promises they will look at different things. Like, for example, if you're locked into those high prices, um, a blend and extend. So you can extend the contract at a lower rate, for example, and spread the pain a bit, which would make sense to me. Um, so that's key that that the suppliers do that and we're trying to hold their feet to the fire keen to hear evidence from your members if that's not happening um the other thing is just the shorter and we have put in short-term measures clearly to try and ease some of the problems that hump in the road 13.6 billion off rates uh, fuel duty cut um energy cost support to the ebrs now the ebds um, and things like the recovery loan scheme which is supports lending to businesses who wouldn't be able to borrow um, from the normal commercial markets. So um, so that, that was the big issue. But the big issue and we miss out on all the time is consumer demand. That's what you want to stoke. And I'll uh, make sure it is, is positive. And I think that's where we're going through some of the interventions the government's undertaken.
1: If, if we look beyond, you know, these immediate concerns and just look a bit um, further out, what would you say is your vision for the future of UK business, and specifically, what do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of the UK uh, business community?
0: Well, it's got, I'll go back to what I said earlier, Roger. You know, we, we've got a really good record on startups. We've got about five million companies, limited companies in the UK, about seven hundred thousand new ones every year. Really good record for startups, and um, which we want to keep, maintain that that situation scale-ups were not as good. So why is that? And we know that's the, that's some of the productivity issues that exist in the UK as a result, and that leads to, to prosperity. So we want a high-wage, high-skill economy, which is good for all of us. We need to solve that problem. So how do we get more businesses growing more quickly um, in those early years and, and reduce the attrition rate? Not that I think we should have an attrition rate of zero, because this is not a zero-failure system, and nor should it be, because capital, capitalism is creative destruction, and There wouldn't be opportunities for business people on this call now if other businesses didn't fail, and and also the the outcomes of consumers would be much worse if businesses didn't fail, because poor businesses would be providing uh, some of those services and goods. So um so that's what we've got to try and solve. Make it easier for businesses to go from the startup to the scale up. So I you know we've uh, we've got a scale up Britain approach where we're trying to um, and I'm proud to be the scale up champion of that uh, of this in this whole. Landscape and there's and again back to those three key areas, access to finance, good business support and mentoring, and removing barriers, cutting that red tape, which we're doing every single day, whether you see it or not. But we're doing lots of things to make it easier to to grow, whether it be things like access to finance, be things like trying to improve the participation in the labour markets, be it things like free ports, really good stuff we've done now. We left the European Union. Um, there's some really good things we can do, some real successes around data, smart data with a smart data bill, effectively a data bill going through the house today that will make it easier for businesses, organizations or requirements on organizations to share data more effectively. We have something called open banking, which has really revolutionized the ability for businesses, for example, to get different bank accounts and services because of the openness of that data Lots of things we can do there in terms of opening up access to SME finance, for example. Frustrating thing for businesses. I know you go along to your bank, you say, please, i have a loan to do X, Y, or Z. The bank coming back and say, no, sorry, you can't. And then you've got to start from scratch again, potentially with another bank, or a lot of people are just deterred at that point in time. You know, We see the potential here with smart data and open banking, open finance, to be able to say to a business, well, you can, you can push your prospectus out to lots of different uh, funding sources here. So it makes it easier for you to shop around, and that's those are the kind of things. And we do the same for utilities and energy and lots of other things. So all the time, we want to make it easier for businesses to start up and scale up. And I say removing some of those barriers. Some, there's some obvious barriers. And we know the business rate system isn't great in terms it has there's almost um, penal punitive bits attached to it if you grow or expand your, your plant machinery and. Um, although we're doing some great stuff in terms of things like uh, offset of corporation tax on that, of course, so just, again, um, to try and remove some of those barriers, make it easier to invest, more lucrative, bigger return on investment to it to invest. But anything we can do to remove those barriers are really our number one focus. So, But the number one thing we want to do, first for startups, we'd like to be first for scale-ups. So certainly in the top 10, ideally in the top five for scale-ups too, and I think that would... Be revolutionary for, for UK. Uh, the opportunities for business people, but also the opportunities for consumers too.
1: Well, I'm sure that IOD members will feel as if they know you a bit better now after this interview. But can I ask, um, you know, how would you like to work with IOD members going forward? And I mean, are there any ways in which we, as the IOD, can support you in a, in achieving these objectives?
0: Well, it's vital. I mean, you know, nothing keeps us uh, more in touch with what's happening at the sharp end um, or more focused on the priorities we should be focusing on than than your kind of organisation. Uh, so key that we hear from you. And um, so we're keen to engage on a, on a regular basis as we do. We're, we've got the SME Action um, group that meets every other month where we talk to some our members and others about business. But and um, I'm keen to engage in any forums like this and others. As I um, met with John very early on, so we, we have very high regard for the IOD. I'm a former member myself, of course, so I'm, uh, uh, you know, I have a very high regard and our officials too. You know, it's um, I kind of get the frustration sometimes around. The revolving door of ministers we've seen that causes discontinuity, of course, and that's not what business wants. But um, so I'm determined to stay here a little bit longer than some of my predecessors, hopefully for many years. But um, but also our officials are here all the, all the time, of course. I know the uh, IOD meets with David Bickerton, for example, our key one of our key director generals in the in the department, really, to make sure we've got that that kind of continuity. But um, um, you know, frequent frequently and um and across the piece is the uh, is the kind of message i would give so any opportunities you you have you'd like us to engage with our members you know we'll we'll do what we can to be there
1: well well thank you minister and we'll we'll certainly take you up on that um, but thank you very much for the discussion today it's been extremely interesting and i wish you every success with your your future agenda
0: Thanks, Roger. really appreciate your time and and the work of the IOD. It's a vital part of the uh, SME uh, landscape for me. So, uh, so, you know, please keep in touch. Thank you. you. We hope that you have enjoyed this Director's Briefing podcast. Please do subscribe to our channel to ensure that you are kept up to date on our future podcasts. You can find more information about our work on our website at iod.com forward slash news and on our LinkedIn and Twitter profiles.
1: You can also contact us directly via policy-unit at iod.com.